1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A newspaper based in Honolulu reported a very bizarre situation. A man was discovered on a beach in Hawaii, face down, with severe head injuries. He was later diagnosed to have suffered amnesia. The problem is he didn't know who he was. The police tried frantically to work out his identity. They worked on things like fingerprints, medical records. Uh, They even tracked down some phone numbers that he gave to the police, which he thought he remembered and was familiar with, but every time they drew a blank. Eventually of course they published this man's photograph in the newspaper. And here was a photograph of a man with a vacant stare. He was a man who didn't know who he was. Well, of course, the sad thing is that you don't have to suffer amnesia to suffer an identity crisis. There are many people today who don't know who they are. Sadly, some of those people are Bible-believing Christians. This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: Hello, it's Phil here, and today, author and pastor Ken Legg and myself uh, talking about something we all grapple with at times, our identity. That big question, who am I? All right, Ken, let's get our teeth into this one, our identity. What does that mean? Well, it's an important question,
1: Phil, because if we don't know who we are, someone else would tell us. Uh, The problem today is that uh, we're getting our identity messages from the wrong sources. Let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, A lot of people today find their sense of identity in their achievements. A lot of people feel good by their accomplishments, their performance. I remember in the 1980s, I read a book that powerfully impacted my life by a man called Gordon MacDonald, and the book was entitled Ordering Your Private World. One of the things I remember about this book is that he made a distinction between two kinds of people. One he called a driven person, the other was a drawn person. Mm. Now, he went on to define a driven person as someone who gets their esteem from their performance. In other words, a driven person operates under the psychology of achievement. Now, we think of the term driven, and we think of someone like a a high-flying sales executive, but a driven person could be, well, a pastor, could be a housewife, could be a student, could be anyone who. And, and the thing about a driven person is that their works become the basis of their
0: worth. And it's interesting. I think the proof in the pudding is if you're at a party or you meet somebody for the first time, and the first question that you ask is, "Well, so what do you do? What do you, you do? Know, what's the answer?" That's
1: right. And I think that often is where people's identity is wrapped up in. It is, and uh, of course, the problem with that is if we if we find our identity in our achievements, we've got to keep on achieving yeah, to feel right. good about ourselves. You know, yeah. Another area where uh, people really look to for their sense of self-esteem is in the approval of the significant person in their life, a significant person. Mm. Now, um, you might have seen a documentary or a movie about someone that was very successful in their field of um, operation. It might be a sports personality, a rock star, movie star, and they were very successful and you would think that they would feel very good about themselves because of their success. But the most significant person in their life never affirmed them, Hmm. never approved of them, never gave them that sort of nod of approval. And consequently, they felt lousy about themselves. Now, as we travel through life, that significant other in our life changes at various stages. For example, for a child up to the age of, say, 11 or 12, the most significant person to them is a parent. Uh, they look to that parent for that sense of approval. That's quite natural.
0: We, yeah. we continue to Absolutely. then do that through life, though. We'll look to the approval of our, our family or our workmates or our husband or wife or, yeah. or whoever it is. It's quite a natural thing. Are, you, right. are you
1: saying that's wrong? No, I'm not. Uh, the thing is this, that um, we, we do uh, look to important people in our lives to say nice things about us, to affirm us and so on. That's okay, now, when we, we cross a line when we actually look to that person to give us a sense of value. In other words, we are what they say about us. Mm. We actually, a- absolutely depend upon their commentary about our life in order to get a sense of true evaluation. Uh, so here's the thing. When somebody has something that they know you need, they actually have the power to control your life. So if we constantly look to someone for that sense of affirmation, we lose control of our lives and we give it over to that person that we're looking to. Now, that person might not want to control our lives, but uh, in, in, a, in a very sort of um, uh, unconscious way or subconscious way, should I say, they are controlling their lives.
0: I think that's a key statement worth repeating. When somebody has something that we need, they have the power to control our lives, but I guess what you're saying is it's not
1: necessarily that they are wanting to do it, but no. we give them permission to. That's right. For that, some reason, uh, that person's affirmation in our life is is uh, very important. It might be a parent, it might be uh, a peer, it might be a pastor, a leader. But for some reason, we we look to that person to give us a sense of value concerning our lives. So, Ken, where where does a Christian go then for
0: identity? Because we could even say our identity is in the fact that we are Christian, that we go to church or that we're involved in this group of people. What's the actual biblical
1: definition of identity? Well, I like the word identity because my answer to your question, Phil, is this, that our identity is based upon the one with whom we are identified. Mm. Let me explain what I mean. As far as God is concerned, uh, there are only two people in this world that we are identified with. We are either identified with Adam, or we're identified with Christ. Now, every one of us begin our journey with Adam. You know, we are in Adam people because he's the head of the human race, and we're all offshoots of of Adam, like it or not. Yeah. We all came from the head of the human race. Now, often we use a term uh, that we're created in the image of God. And that's true. Of course it's true. But in a sense, it's really limited to one man, and that's Adam. Only Adam was truly created in the image of God because God created him in his image and in his likeness. Now, now what does that mean? Let's just explore that a little bit more because it's important to our subject of identity. Um, there's something unique about a human being, and it's this. Only humans have body, soul, and spirit. Our plant life has body, Uh, animals, the Bible says, has body and soul. But we have body, soul, and spirit. That's because we were created to be indwelt by God so that God could come and live inside us and manifest his life through us. And that way the world could see the the moral image and glory of God. Now, other parts of creation uh, reflect the glory of God and the beauty of God, the majesty of God but we were created to reflect his moral image. Now, here's the thing. When Adam sinned and he chose to go his way, then he pulled the plug on God. Mm. Uh, What happened was that God vacated the human spirit and plunged the human soul in darkness, and that left Adam with a completely different image, his own image and his own likeness. Now, we call that sin, or we can call that self, which I think is a good uh, definition, because sin is self. You know, the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray, we've turned everyone to his own way. That's sin. It's doing it our way. I, I heard recently that the most requested song at a funeral in the UK is <laughs> My you Way. You guessed it? I did it my way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that sums it up for a lot of people. But here's the good news. I mean, as I said, we're either identified with Adam or we're identified with Christ. Because Adam obviously reproduced his own image and poured his own image into the human race. But, but God has given to us Jesus as the head of the new creation. And when a person believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, they're actually baptized into Jesus and are partakers of his divine nature. You know, we, we are a new creation. And that's that's what we're going to be exploring Phil this week, the, mm. the, the true image of the Christian
0: And I guess what you're saying is the importance of us to understand that body, soul, and spirit, that this body that we have, the money we have in our pocket, or the people that we have around us, that's not really the the true us. It's not the true you, no. It's actually our spirit. We're our spiritual beings. Yep. That's all we have time for today. Hope you can join us again tomorrow as we continue our series, Our Identity in Christ. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.